Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. And I am Grace Parajani. Good morning. Grace Parajani, my co-host for the rest of 2021. Let's just kick this bitch to the curb, can we? Yes, let's do it. I'm in. Okay, so here, speaking of kicking bitches to the curb, I don't even know if that's a real segue. Um, Grace, we can't stop talking about this because it's the most important thing in our lives currently. Correct. Grace, what the fuck happened on this week's episode of Succession? I'll be I'll be honest. Okay, there's going to be some spoilers in this conversation, so just yeah, everybody so- knows, you know, just know that. I will be honest that I did not realize the final few seconds of this last episode could be portrayed as an exit for a major character. I didn't know that. I, maybe I'm just daft or I, well, I wasn't thinking that that would possibly be an option. But then I read the New Yorker article on Jeremy Strong and I was like, wait a second. Strange imagery coming from from Kendall Roy, his character, and also yes. the release of this article at the same time. Are they trying to tell us something? Is this nighty night for Kendall Roy? I don't know. I don't know. And the funny thing is, is that before I saw the article that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I was like, only a super rich person would just like drop their beer in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who would do that? He, Even if he is dead, he is still a super rich person. So very, very accurate. Right. And yeah. also one other thing that just needs to be discussed, I guess maybe in the vein of feminism, I don't know, but <laughs> Shiv... Shiv weaponizing Roman's dick pic with Jerry was not on my succession bingo card. No, no. I will say that I feel like we all win because we got to see Jerry immediately go into lawyer mode when she, when Shiv is, 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 uh, is questioning her. 
and Jerry says, I don't recall. Just the the way that yes. has changed, I just, I loved it. That was that, so- That was some like hearkening back to like Oliver North bullshit, you know, yes. during like the Iran-Contra. <laughs> I was like, you go, Jerry. All right, so the thing that is wonderful is that since you and I are together for the rest of the year, yes, we will be revisiting this after the finale next week. You know it, I can't wait. Literally highlight of my week after Hysteria. Today, I am joined by Grace Parajani, Kieran Deal, and Tien Tran to answer the following questions. Will Democrats shy away from the abortion issue in the midterms? Why is everyone so damn rude? And why is the acting so terrible on Selling Sunset? All this and more coming up. Hello, we're back. And today I am joined by none other than our resident spicy little pepper. She's a writer producer on Solar Opposites, the adult animated comedy on Hulu. Now airing their Christmas special, season three, coming out in a few weeks. Grace Parajani. Girl, I'm so glad to be with you. I am absolutely delighted. I'm so delighted that a blood vessel in my eye burst this morning, I think from Fuck. Yeah. You know what? Well, do you know what else is exciting? Tell me, tell me. You and I have decided that one of our holiday episodes is going to be a listener mailbag. Mailbag, toot toot. I'm so pumped for this. I really am. Now listen, how do we make that episode awesome? Okay, there's only one way that we can make this episode awesome. And that is with Mm -hmm. the spiciest of spicy questions from you guys, our beautiful talented, gorgeous listeners. I really, we need it. We need some spicy questions that we can only make spice when we get spice. Exactly. So come at us. Come, come at us with, I want the juice. We want everything. We want yes, everything. we really do. We are here for it. We're really pumped. So um, send in those questions. We're, we're ready. Send those questions to hysteria at crooked.com and we will be posting mm-hmm. throughout the week to Remind you now. Speaking of spicy, oh my! I'm like the I'm the queen of fucking segues today. (laughs) Speaking of spicy, Grace, let's talk about what's going on with Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice and your home state of Texas. So Mm -hmm. to recap for everybody, on Monday, Merrick Garland and the DOJ filed a lawsuit challenging the legislative maps adopted by Texas Republicans in recent weeks. DOJ says the new maps fail to recognize growth in the Latino population and discriminates against Black voters. The lawsuit alleges that the redistricting plan drawn by Texas lawmakers violates the Voting Rights Act. Garland said that the complaint they filed alleges that Texas has violated Section 2 by creating redistricting plans that deny or bridge the rights of Latino and Black voters to vote on account of their race, color, or membership in a language minority group. Grace, what kind of impact could these maps have on Black and Latino voters in Texas, and what could it mean for future elections? Well, I'll tell you that I am disappointed in my home state, but this is not a surprise. What I didn't realize is that Texas has actually had to defend themselves in court after every single redistricting process since 1970. So this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, it's not new for Texas. But what's so frustrating is how clear it is that the minority population in Texas is expanding, so much so that literally 95% of the 4 million new people who've come into Texas since the 2020 census are people of color, 95%. 
which is wild. And the two new seats that have come from uh, into the House of Representatives, of course, are for white specific areas. So it's it's very right. clear that the community is expanding, the state is expanding uh, and growing with people of color in a way that is not being kept up with by institutions, uh, especially our government institutions. So, you know, what this means moving forward for Texas is, you know, this affects the kinds of issues that local lawmakers are going to prioritize. This affects the voices of people of color being heard, um, the opportunities for advancement for historically underserved communities. I mean, all of that is is just not on the table when you have uh, gerrymandering like this. And to me, the biggest issue um, at hand is also what this says to people of color who might want to run for office in yep. their local communities, because it's so demoralizing to have a vested interest in your community and to see that no matter no matter that, you know, regardless of how passionate you are about your community, about how much of a leader uh, you are and want to be and how you want to contribute to your community. If this kind of gerrymandering is happening, uh, you just don't stand a chance to win. And that is so frustrating, not just for voters, but also for future leaders. So it's a bit, it's a really big deal. What, what I do think is interesting, I did a little research about this one case that happened in 2013, Shelby County versus Holder. And this case yep. basically, you, you know, it, and I'm sure many of our listeners know it too. I wasn't familiar with it, but basically it gutted the idea of preclearance from a federal court. So basically the only reason Texas is allowed to do this is because they don't have to get prior approval from the Justice Department or from a federal right. court. And I don't understand. Maybe that's 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 a question I can ask you. Um, why? <laughs> well, why did that go away? Because it feels like that's a very I have easy no solution. idea. <laughs> I feel like, yes, let's have all of our states be forced to get federal uh, approval before they can they can implement these new maps, because um, otherwise it just feels like this, you know, states can run rampant with racism like this with no checks and balances. No checks and balances. So we are glad and we're grateful to Merrick Garland for taking yes. this on. And we will be watching closely as we are with all cases, because the past four years have literally turned us into junior lawyers. We are all lawyers (laughs) in training when we try to understand the news. And Grace, as you know, I get super stressed. I almost feel like I have SCOTUS dyslexia because every time I try to read an opinion, I have to break it down. Like I, it's like, remember when you learned how to diagram sentences in high school or whatever year it was, we learned how to die. I feel like I have to do that sometimes. Absolutely. We were talking though last week when we talked about uh, SCOTUS hearing the oral arguments for Dobbs versus Jackson's women's health, which Mm -hmm. threatens to overturn Roe, um, the arguments, the dissents, et cetera, were quite clear. We understand how about five of the justices uh, come down on this and very, Uh very few others who uh, unfortunately are trying to defend Roe. Now, one Uh thing that was very stressful to read, (laughs) so similar to the death of RBG, many people believed me included, that any rollback Uh of Roe would trigger a democratic revolt and spark unprecedented turnout on the left in the midterms. Now, let's be clear. I still think that this could be true. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. But there was a hot take article by some people. Here's the thing, Politico. (laughs) So- So according to Politico, privately, several Democratic strategists have suggested the usefulness of any decision on abortion next year will be limited. And some are advising their clients not to focus on abortion rights at all. Okay. (sighs) So what they're saying is that 
when, even though abortion is very popular, when you talk to people about what motivates them to the polls, that I think per their article, this clocks in at like 6%. It's, or, or, or I think it clocked in around 6% in Virginia uh, during uh-huh. Terry McAuliffe's race. And they said that it wasn't a motivator. And Grace, let me just tell you something. Until that <laughs> shit's on the chopping block, I'm not sure people realize how motivated they need to yeah. be by it. And that for a lot of people who have not been marching wearing fucking pink pussy hats, they're like, <laughs> Rose been around since 73. It'll be fine. And yep. so these oral arguments happened after the Virginia and uh, New Jersey races. And they're like, you know, Terry McAuliffe focused too much on abortion and that's why he lost. And it's like, I don't know, maybe he wasn't a great candidate and that's why he (laughs) lost. I don't know. But Grace, what do you think about this advice? And also let's be clear that uh, the oral arguments were last week. They expect a Uh decision in June or July of this coming summer, okay? So that's a lot of time for people to ruminate on the fact that these rights could vaporize. So, but like, what do you you think of this article? Well, first of all, first of all, I got to say, since we're going to be waiting until June, up those Xanax prescriptions now. Just get ready, because that's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety for all of us. Um, I think that it is so icky that this issue that is so personal and is so important to so many women, um, one in four women, by the way, have abortions in their lifetimes before the age of 49. So this is not a small number of women who are affected by abortion. But I think it is so icky that it is what I'm calling voter commodified. In other words, yeah. it's viewed as an issue that is not as important as others because it doesn't motivate people to get to the polls. And I hate, I really, really hate that there are strategists out there that are saying, hey, Listen, prospective person who is running for office, you might care deeply about this issue, but don't like bring it up because voters don't care. And then the second issue, by the way, is why don't voters care? Why why don't they care more? It, this is a double-edged sword of of um, self-perpetuating an issue that deserves to be front and center, not just because it's being gutted, but clearly because it, it deserves protections and because it, it, it it's about women's health. Um, and uh, it is so, it's just it, it's infuriating to me that uh, we don't prioritize it more. And I really, really, really hate the idea of strategists being out there uh, telling their candidates don't just don't even bring it up. Because by the way, that's what forces issues like this to not be discussed. Exactly. You know, it, and it's like, look, I understand that you're trying to do the best you can to get your candidate to win. And winning is important, obviously, when it comes to issues, especially when it means, uh, you know, more Democrats in office, uh, more Democratic representation is, is super important. But why are candidates running for office if not to have their voices heard and if not to bring issues that they care about to the front and center? So you know what? If you're a Democratic person running for office, you care deeply about abortion. If you have a strategist who's telling you not to to talk about it, fuck it, man. Let's say you do talk about it. Then you will and, and you lose because nobody cares enough about abortion to go to the polls. Then you'll go down as a person who has conviction about an issue that you care deeply about. And that's way more important than winning power. It is. That's so true. And you know the other point, and I, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's populist because it's not, it's not entirely accurate, but the um, – the idea that you can tell people, guess what? Guess who guess who doesn't need Roe as desperately 
as other people. Rich people generally yep. uh, will always find a way to deal with yep. their health care. And if they need an abortion, they will find a way to get it. If we ever needed an abortion, we would figure out a way to get it done. This is Absolutely. for people. This is a part of reproductive health care. And yep. uh, so that is why I think that by shying away from the issue, you are minimizing um, the importance of access for all people. And I'm repelled and I'm not going to call the strategists out by name, but just know we're watching you. We're watching you. We're going to see what candidates you are advising. Can I also say, by the way, it does not help. And I know, I know we've discussed this, but Amy Comey Barrett saying things like, well, you can just give it up for adoption. Like I, I, how, how does beyond it, it is beyond to me. It is so difficult physically to give birth. It is so difficult to carry a child through the process of development within your own body to tell women, no big deal, just do it for the next nine months, it's totally fine, and then give it up. It's just such bad advice. It's such bad advice, and it really minimizes the importance of Roe to, like, I mean, really, it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. Um, not to say that abortion isn't an option, but but to say that that is an option for every woman, to your point about there being, there's always going to be options for wealthy white people, but for people of color and for women who come from, from underrepresented uh, socioeconomic groups, there just aren't the same options available. So it is such a mislead and it really upsets me. It is. And also not to, not to toss to a, a sister pod, but this land sort of covers this issue of why certain states actually really want this to uh-huh. be, uh, to be the policy, because then what they want to do is have rich white people adopt them and yeah. just make more Christian kids and give them fucked up weird white names like I mean, I'm not going to go there because I'm sure someone we know listens to the fucked up white name I was going to say. But anyway. <laughs> I have a few in my brain. You know. You know. You know what I'm uh-huh. talking about. Anything. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But we'll leave it there. here's another kind of weird one from this week. Mm-hmm. And Grace, uh, this was a bit of a bee in your bonnet. What's going on with the oh, yeah. U.S. and the Beijing Olympics? Okay, so on Monday, the White House announced that the U.S. is going to be staging a diplomatic boycott, quote unquote, of the upcoming Winter Olympics in Beijing. And the reason they're doing this is to protest Chinese human rights abuses. Okay, so uh, Jen Psaki said that the U.S. athletes are still going to be able to compete. Uh, They will have the full support of the administration and the country. But she says we will not be contributing to the fanfare of the games. So my question here is. Let me just get this straight. We're still sending athletes to the competition. Yeah, yeah. We're still broadcasting the games and earning money from that broadcasting yep. on American channels. So how effective is this as a ban, really? I mean, functionally, will any yes. Americans come the Olympics know that we have boycotted it? Do you know what I, I mean? Just, I know. I know. I really – and look, I think it's great, but I just think that it's only – a st- if you really want to support human rights – this is really in name only. And there's so many more deeper functional ways that the U.S. can send a message to China about the, the human rights violations, uh, one of which is just not to show up at all, you know. But what I think is an interesting element of this conversation is the fact that 
uh, you know, yet again, the Olympics are being politicized. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, look, they always have been, right? There have always been protests. There's always, inevitably, there's going to be issues when you get people from different countries together, uh, you know, and, and these countries have different means of governing their people and different means of treating their people. But to put that on the athletes, when really the athletes are there to compete and they're there to, to do their sports, is a lot. And I just feel like there isn't an Olympics anymore that isn't heavily politicized. So yet again, we're finding a situation where people are going to be tuning in for the competitors themselves and for the games themselves are always a lot of fun. But there's going to be this undercurrent of uh, politics that's, you know, I would imagine is frustrating for the athletes who just want to go out there and do their thing. And now they have to carry this burden themselves. I agree. And also like for the athletes, I think that for a lot of them, it's like, I mean, do the Chinese look the Chinese, it's like an honor or it's like a diplomatic honor, right? For the American, right. who is it usually? It's the vice president or the second or the second spouse or the first lady, you know, th that's usually who attends. Some mm -hmm. sort of delegation is put together. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's fun for the Olympians who are there and like they're being cheered on by maybe like the first lady or something like that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, does it do more harm than good like I get it I'm sure that I'm sure that they know more than we do and maybe this makes the Chinese more upset than we know but I mean right. I don't know it just kind of feels like you're going through the motions I, I guess the proof will be in it. the pudding you know we'll I think see. it will I think it will we'll see okay so this week I have a toast Grace Ooh, let's hear it okay so I want to toast Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald and Karen McDonald, as many have seen on TV, she's been, uh, you know, doing press conferences. She is the prosecutor who decided to go ahead and charge the parents of Ethan Crumbly, James and Jennifer, who were in the wind for a couple of days, but we can talk about that later. Um, no. She decided to charge them with involuntary manslaughter for their role in the shootings um, at the high school last week. And at first, when I heard she was going to do this, I was like, well, first, I was like thoughts and prayers for her because this is the same <laughs> state that tried yeah. to have a militia kidnap the governor. So oh I God, know right. that she had to have some level of fear and intimidation in doing this, even though she knew it was the right thing. But what we have learned is that Michigan doesn't have red flag laws, which means that if you see someone who might be a danger, you don't necessarily have to like call them in. And uh -huh. they don't have safe storage laws for guns that say, hey, you've got your gun, you've got to lock it up. So they don't have those laws, but these parents knew. I think we all saw the chain of events that unfolded, mm -hmm. that he, uh -huh. they got him a fucking gun for his yep. birthday or Christmas, whatever the fuck it was. And then he got in trouble for having these violent drawings. His parents weren't like, oh, hey, is your fucking gun in your bag? They didn't tell the school that he had a gun. And to me, this and when when Karen McDonald came out and laid out all the evidence, it was like, God damn. But this is the yep. first time it's been done. And just props to her like that had to be it's the right thing. It's stressful. It sends a message. But like she had to she had to have some balls to get out there and do that, knowing the backlash that she could face. So Karen McDonald, we toast you. We toast you, Karen. We toast you. We're toasting a you Karen right now. A Karen we can get behind. <gasps> She's a Karen we can get behind. <laughs> okay, well, on that upbeat note, Grace, let's take a little break and we'll be back.
As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. we're back. Let's introduce the panel. First up, she's a filmmaker and stand-up, and she's headlining the Philly Punchline on January 6th through the 8th. It's Kieran Deal. Aw, how are you, Alyssa? Kieran, I love that, like, nobody can even see you, but you, like, fluffed your hair for the intro. Well, you know, there's nothing worse than a flathead, Alyssa. (laughs) I mean, you know what? As someone with a flathead, I couldn't agree more. No, you have Uh, a lot of volume. You have a lot of volume. Well, you know, you guys, oh, you're all shaking your heads. Yes, thank you so we much. I, I couldn't agree more. Thank you, you guys. I, I do kind of live for volume. It's like I will never be someone. Years and years ago, uh, a friend of mine was like, remember to deflate your hair for that TV interview. And I was like, <gasps> I will never deflate my hair ever. No, no. That would be deflating your essence. I, I mean, you know what, you guys? Thank you. Wait, yes. hold on. Next yes. up, next up, she's a stand up and thespian. She stars in the teeny, tiny niche show, How I Met Your Father, which premieres <laughs> January 18th on Hulu. It's Tien Tran. Hello. Tien, you're back in the Champagne of Illinois. I am. It's lovely to be here. It's very cold. Came home to four dead mice that I had to get rid of, <gasps> which I thought was rude. Um, rude. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they were a family? Oh, shit, Grace. <laughs> no, no, I, I think I think they were a group of friends. Okay, friend that's group. better. That's better. I just need the backstory on the, the mass the mass death. Which one was apartment. the Jennifer Aniston of the mice? Oh, the one the one that was in the bathroom. Wait, unrelated, <laughs> unrelated. Did anybody watch Facts of Life Live last night? I heard it was great. I have not seen it Okay, let me just say that Jennifer Aniston as Blair was one thing, but Catherine Hahn as Joe Polnicek, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, it's worth worth the 30 minutes because women of a certain age who watched the show, it was a nice trip down memory lane. Um, (laughs) But you know what's- Very good. Yeah, yeah. I will have to say that those names, besides Jennifer Aniston and Catherine Hahn, did not register in my brain. That's okay. I will also say, Alyssa, that last night was the uh, live Crooked event, uh, What a Year, and it is mildly devastating that you weren't plugging that as opposed to the facts of life. But I guess that says (laughs) that you're not a company shill. She's not a company shill, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I did. You know why I wasn't plugging it? Because I did my level best to record my segment for What a Year, and then Lovett said I ran an election like Putin, which wounded me. Okay. (gasps) That wounded me. Wow. Which means you keep winning. (laughs) Exactly. You stay winning, Alyssa. I, you know what? Maybe that's what it means. Maybe I'm just a fucking winner. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. anyway, speaking of love it being rude, today (laughs) 
We're going to talk about the grand American asshole awakening. It's the holiday season, and usually this month is about love and reconciliation and giving. But what I've noticed this year is that instead of holiday joy, people are ruder than ever, more pissed off than ever, and bigger assholes than ever. In fact, in 2019, 93% of people across the country reported that uncivil behavior was increasing. But weirdly, only 68% called this a major problem. I think it's a major problem because I've got to tell you, even I, and I think I'm a nice person, I think that I have felt myself repress the urge to be rude more than ever because I really don't want to be rude. Mostly, I'm just afraid that someone's going to be meaner than me and then I'll like be rude and they'll just own me and that will be even more embarrassing. But you guys, in your everyday lives, have you noticed an uptick in rude behavior? Kieran, I'm going to you first since you brought a legal pad to this conversation. I brought, <laughs> listen, Alyssa, I brought a legal pad because I'm an organized bitch. That's correct. That's um, not entirely true. That's <laughs> a little rude. That's a little rude uh, as a way to start as an intro. And not to throw you under the bus, but when we started, you were like, do you have a funny story from stand-up? I paused. I would say a breath, a breath. I took a breath and you said, moving on. She doesn't have time, ladies and gentlemen. Rude. Listen, crime in LA is on the rise. Rude. $20 drinks at bars. Rude. Uber price hikes. Rude. A dress code at Magic Castle. Rude. I'm just saying there's plenty of things. There's plenty you of things. You need to look nice when magic is happening. That I agree with. Well, there's there's different there's differing schools of thought on what nice is, TN. Okay. <laughs> Some of us say trash bag is chic, okay? (laughs) But it it feels like there is a heightening that has happened, I would say, with like, you know, I notice a $20 cocktail is now the average. My groceries are more expensive. It feels like there's an edge and people are a little frayed and, and, and we're seeing that kind of, you know, the last nerve thing. Everyone's on their last nerve and we're seeing that um, manifested in everyday life. Tien, you have had to travel a bit recently, right? Yes. Have you noticed that rudeness is worse in one place versus another? How has it been to travel? Are people rude? Have people been nice? What's it been like? It's honestly hilarious to me that you asked this because I just flew back from L.A. to Champagne, and I had the most bizarre human interaction that I've had in a while in a public place. And so I'm sitting with my partner. I'm in the middle seat. There's a man sitting next to me. He's very chill, was chill the entire flight, was very kind. Like when he asked to sit in the window, he was like, is anyone sitting there? Could I please sit there? So like, I'm like, okay, you got, you got all your politeness, correct? Like everything's chill. He's not man spreading or taking up the armchair. <laughs> I was like, the bar is so low, but honestly, you're a great seatmate. And then <laughs> he, you know how the flight attendant comes through to collect trash after snacks have happened? Sure. He reached over to throw his trash away and I had my computer open and somehow he spilled all of his crumbs all over my computer. Every, every, every single crumb, all the crumbs. And the only thing he said was, I knew that was going to happen. And then nothing (gasps) else. (laughs) No, No. no apology. No, no trying to help me clean the crumbs from my keyboard and I, I think my partner and I just looked at him and he like avoided eye contact. And we did the thing that's like, 
to me is the most confrontational thing that I can do, which is just shake my <laughs> head disapprovingly <laughs> without saying anything. I was like, surely he'll feel this deep in his soul if I just shake my head and roll my eyes. <laughs> he didn't say anything. Because then it leaves it on you. What are you supposed to do? Just dump your computer over and put the crumbs on the floor, which then makes you feel like a dick? Well, I did that weird thing where like the flight attendant was also shocked. I think we were all shocked because we're like, I can't believe this just happened. Shooketh. Shooketh shook in it, your souls. Shooketh in our yeah. souls. He held the trash bag towards me and I awkwardly dumped my laptop into the trash bag. It was just... No, I, I don't like it. I, I, don't, I don't like it. And he didn't say anything. And I was like, huh. You didn't... And so you didn't scream betrayal. No, betrayal. I did not scream betrayal. <laughs> My partner... The, what, what Karen would have done, for well, sure. Well, it's what she does. She does I do, do say that betray- over DM. <laughs> she says betrayal over True. DM in all caps all the time. And it was like, I just want that kind of online boldness in real life, but that might be part of the problem. I, I think it's part of the problem. And I also think like... Is it that we're wearing masks that all of a sudden you don't see the person's like full humanity Mm -hmm. and reaction that you don't have that like sense of human empathy that's like, oh my God, I just spilled crumb. I just made that person a crumb trash can. I'll I'll say this though, that even pre-masks, there's nothing nastier than a stranger's crumbs. There's nothing nastier because those crumbs have fingerprints on them. They have little specks of spit. Thank you. You know, there's all sorts of DNA action going on there. Olivia Benson could track a criminal with those crumbs. Thank you. Yes. Every time I type yes. now, I'm just crunching his crumb. No, see, and they linger. That's the problem is that they linger. Crunching his crumbs sounded gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would also like to argue that fecal matter is more gross than the crumbs. I don't know. <laughs> that's just my, that's my take. That's my, that's my hot take. But you know what, Kieran? There's something elegant about the process by which the fecal matter would arrive on your laptop versus the crumbs, which just feel like an afterthought, you know? <laughs> the poop would have been intentional. The crumbs? I like that the word you chose was elegant. So if you ever do do a, a comedy special, it seems like it should be called elegant, elegant fecal matter. Uh, <laughs> El- elegantly fecal. <laughs> Is that too rude? Is that too rude to listen? I think it's No, perfect. it's fine. I love it. That's actually just fine. Um, Grace, have you witnessed any crap behavior? Any, any real rude dickheads? I'll tell you what I witnessed recently. Uh, my first and only concert back since the pandemic started. The Rolling Stones at SoFi Stadium, the icons themselves, my first time seeing them. Niall, my husband and I went, we were so pumped. First time seeing them, first time at SoFi Stadium, first concert since the pandemic, all right? All the stars are lining for us to have a great night. We got seats and they're in like the second tier. So in the way back in that kind of area where you're the last seated row, but people can kind of linger behind you as they're walking around. There's sort of like a little a little bar where people can like put their drinks, snacks, whatever. So, you know, Rolling Stones come out. This is, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Niall and I stand up. Now I'm like a strong five foot one, okay? <laughs> Niall, about a foot taller than me. There is a drunk lady right behind us. The second that Niall stands up, who's like, oh my God, he's so tall. Oh my God, is he gonna be standing the whole time? He, she was talking very, very loudly, though she didn't know it was so loud, to whoever she was with. I'm just bitching about how my husband is tall and is standing at a Rolling Stones concert and just no filter whatsoever. And at some point we had to turn around and be like, we can 
we can hear you. And she was like, everything's fine. You guys need to just enjoy your night. She was gaslighting. <laughs> she was just like, oh, you guys are the ones who aren't having a good time. And we're like, lady, we hear you. You're within earshot. It's that kind of behavior that I'm noticing more and more. Again, this isn't just any concert. This is the Rolling Stones at the five. And by the way, these these have two E's like Megan Thee Stallion. The Rolling Stones <laughs> at the SoFi <laughs> Stadium. The concert of the post-pandemic era, and she's acting like that. So I don't know what it would take for people to act with decorum, but it's certainly not the event of the season. I feel like I've seen Rude Times 2 or heard stories of people, like, gaslighting rudeness. Yes. It's the worst. Yes. You're like, it's the wait, worst. you were just rude, but now am I? Was I rude for standing up for myself? <laughs> And to your point, Tan, about like, what are the limitations of what you will do in the moment? My limitations are also just like a sort of a, 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 a like timid little little smile and like a sort of stern little like, maybe you should have, I don't know. And then trailing off mid-sentence and turning back around and minding my own business. It's very hard for me to be confrontational. You couldn't loudly say, looks like Deborah had one too many wine coolers before leaving <laughs> the kids at home. Karen, <gasps> would you do that? It looks like Michael is stooping the sitter and someone's taking it out on a tall man, you know? <laughs> I wish I had the confidence. My mother talks about this with, you know, with children. It's like sometimes, sometimes it's good to be like Gandhi and to share. And sometimes you have to kind of, you know, you kind of have to have some level of self-possession where you quietly rip your toy back and you hold it. Otherwise, the bully will always be coming mm. after it. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did ask where her seats were. We had seats and she didn't there. And her seats were nowhere near. She was <gasps> just like, they're someplace else, but they're here now. She was just like, squatting? She, she was, was squatting. squatting. She was squatting. That's another element of this. She was squatting. Uh, that the audacity. Is, you sh- see the now audacity. there, I might have I might have reported her to one of the ticket taker usher people because that well, is bullshit. She doesn't get, you paid for your seats. I she shouldn't okay, be I able know. to okay, fuck with you. Alyssa's a snitch. <laughs> to be clear. To be clear, Alyssa's a snitch. It's like you can't Listen. handle your own problems. You can't handle one drunk Deborah in the back of you who's upset when you're with a man who's very tall. You know, Kieran, Kieran. I love that he keeps getting taller and taller. By the way, in He's a bean, this beanpole motherfucker over here. Here's the thing. As someone else who similarly clocks in at a very strong 5'2", no, I don't engage with drunk people behind me who have no boundaries. I like to get someone whose job it is in a bright yellow shirt and a flashlight to be like, can you just please deal with those people right there? That's like, can you just deal with them? Same. So yeah, maybe I'm a snitch. Maybe I'm Same. a snitch. My Same. point is, my point is, I, that's why I kept referring to Parajani was not alone. Right. She was with, right, she right. was with Niall. Niall, a right. former, he played some kind of a sport at university. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> But it was something. It, re- it requires some sort of a broad shoulder. It was like he it, played. He played swimming. He played. I was going to say those were yeah, yeah, broad yeah. shoulders. Broad yeah, shoulders. He's got yes. a, He's been in the ocean. Yeah, like he's he displaces he, water <laughs> for sport. He displaces water with his body. Okay, he's and, basically and he's an Iron Man. Survival test. He's yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, you guys like so the worst thing that I have witnessed, and this was like so top of mind, I didn't even need to think about it. So about a month ago, I, uh, up here, we have these things called Stewart's and you can get your gas and you can get coffee and you can get all kinds of shit at Stewart's. And so it was right before, you know, look, I'm not a pumpkin spice kind of person. Like I don't like pumpkin spice flavoring, but they do have a pumpkin spice coffee, which is just like, you know, like 
hazelnut coffee. It's like Irish. It's like pumpkin spice. And I was like, you know what? It's so good. And so I go to give myself a little cup of the pumpkin spice coffee and there's none left. And so I asked the very nice lady behind the counter. I said, hey, are you brewing any, you know, pumpkin spice coffee anytime soon? And she looks at me and she goes, that depends. Are you going to throw a hard roll at me? And I was like, I am sorry, what? Am I what? And she was so pregnant, she could have given birth just then and there. And I was like, what happened? She's like, oh, I'll tell you what happened. She's like, not once, but twice today, someone has thrown something at me when they asked and said it was going to take a minute. And I said it was going to take a minute. She's like, I was like, really? She goes, yes. And it was the pumpkin spice coffee. This man came in and was like, can you brew more? And I told him it would take five minutes. And I turned around to make the coffee and he threw a hard roll at me. You guys, what kind of world are we living in that some dude throws a hard roll at a pregnant lady who's making him the coffee he requested and only gave him a heads up? I don't know. Maybe he wanted to go smoke a cigarette outside. Go check your phone. Go make a call. Come back. The coffee will be ready. But no, two people threw, threw rolls at her that day. And I just And not like roll, a hard Not roll. like the soft coffee. Hard, hard, hard buttered roll, hard buttered roll. That is meant to. That is meant. That took me a second to even know. I was like, "Is this slang? Is hard roll like some sort of weird?" Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Tn, Tn, no longer on this world. (laughs) Buttered roll in her. That's so upsetting. So here's a question. Go, Kieran. That reminded me of like I went to a Staples to make some photocopies because. It's not a big deal. I'm killing it. Um, (laughs) Went there, was doing the printing. A man came in and was, I would say, built like Brad Pitt. I mean, very muscular, large. I like, Grace is like, I like where this story is going. Tell me more. more. Um, Boring. (laughs) But it's like all of the employees at the Staples were like kind of blocking him and trying to get him out of the store. They called the police. Later when we spoke to the woman at the front, she goes, he has assaulted members of the staff before and even customers when he's come into the store and has kind of harassed them. And the police can't really do anything about it because it has to, like, the violence has to occur for them to do something about it. And she was like, it's really stressful. And I was like, feels like it shouldn't be part of your job to have to play security while people are making copies. That just feels like, it feels like a tall ask to me, you know? Both of those stories, to me, it's just like people who aren't used to not, I feel like the pandemic has made people feel rightfully that they're not in control. And then, and so in being out in the world again and having this power dynamic with someone who's supposed to be like helping you with customer service, I feel like I've seen a lot of people, mostly men, freak the fuck out because they don't know how to deal with a loss of control in their life and other aspects. And so they just go, wild. Like, I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen that with like my dad and I'm like, dads of the world have just lost control because. <laughs> and our what did out- your dad, what did father do? What did no, he do? Just, I just see my dad is like getting more upset driving. And I'm like, dad, the, the, sure. the road rate, it's okay. Like he hasn't been out that much cause he's high risk. But like now yeah. that he's back on the road, I'm like, you gotta just cool it. It's okay. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. But I think it's a control thing. Do you guys, have you found yourselves, has anybody found themselves getting short, more uncharacteristically short-tempered? I find myself getting short-tempered nearly every time I leave the house. And I think it's because I haven't done a lot of that. And the readjustment period is striking. It's hard. It's, it's hard. really hard. And and I don't, I, I don't 
also, you know, Tanya mentioned control, which is so interesting. Not only do we have not have control over circumstances around us, but I also feel like I don't have control over myself, what I'm thinking or what I'm saying in public anymore. Like I'm real weird socially now. Maybe I always have been, but it just feels <laughs> like I, I don't know necessarily what's coming out of my mouth next. I feel like I think I try to before I am social, I try to like go through the steps of what might happen during that event. <laughs> like, oh, I might sit next to this person. So let me have some talking points ready. <laughs> To go. And so when I do, when I don't, guys, it's fucking weird. When I don't, I, I feel more out of control. And when the circumstances go, you know, wonky, then yeah, sure, you get a little, you get a little, you get a little angry. Kieran, what about you? I'm perfect, and I've never, <laughs> I know, uh, I I've know. never uh, had a untoward thought about a person. I've never been uh, unpleasant uh, ever in my life. A hundred percent of the time, I am a perfect angel. Wow. Thank you so much. Show us the fork in your thigh that you're digging (laughs) in to save. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? How dare you, Tian How? Wow, wow. One television show and it's all just... It's all just forks in the thighs. The betrayal of utensils in my own limbs. And you have me do it to myself. I see how it is. Uh. (laughs) Tian, what about you? Grace, I feel the same way. I feel like socially very awkward and I I almost have to like talk myself down when I feel myself getting impatient and I know it's unreasonable. I have to like, I mean, the other day I tried to cancel my internet with Spectrum and this, but I know that that is like a very common thing to be impatient, but I had to be like, okay. This woman keeps trying to sell me a landline because it's her job. And I don't need a landline, but I'll just listen to the landline pitch. And just like, <laughs> I'll be like, I'll listen to the landline pitch. She doesn't want to be doing this. It's okay. Like, I had to just calm myself down. I'm like, I don't <laughs> need to be. That was an entire SNL skit two weeks was ago. It really? that, it's also, it's also that, I, I mean, when you said I was on the phone with Spectrum, I was like, oh, all, all bets are off. Like, that, like yeah, I was like, yeah. I mean, I don't even consider a Spectrum call to be in the purview of, of being a human on earth. It's so bad. I, but I will say this for you. It, the, the other thing you can just say is like, Listen, I know this is your job, like, and I know that you're supposed to do this, but I really just want to cancel. I know, like, I, I, I know. You know, I you can just I come in and be. And she just wouldn't. She was like, "No, no today, no. not to, not today, Tien." <laughs> you know what I will say that I've noticed more that I, I am noticing more small acts of kindness in a way that touch me. Like, I went went to a restaurant for the first time with my partner a couple weeks ago, and the server was so nice, and she touched me on the shoulder and said, "Have a great night," and I was like, "That's." nicest thing that anyone has done to me a straight like I feel like I'm noticing that more I took a I took a friend out I took a friend out for uh at this uh, rest restaurant that has very nice sandwiches here and yes sandwich long a um, it's a sandwich it's not a sandwich it's a sandwich and so they have <laughs> lovely pastries at this place it was her birthday they didn't have candles I go can you do you have a candle can we get a candle for the thing and then my friend was like no we don't want a candle ah you know she was smoking basically smoking a metaphorical cigarette and um, the woman gave us an extra pastry. And she was like, here's your candle. Happy birthday. Like in a very sweet, like it wasn't That's so, so kind, so sweet, so so lovely. You know what? Come to think of it, last week, Ryan from PetSmart called me because I had ordered something and at our local store. And 
when I ordered it, it was in stock. And by the time they went to do it, it was out of stock. And I was like, he called me to tell me not to come get my order because that there were there was no part of my order that was going to be fulfillable. And I said, okay, I understand. And he's like, no, I just really need to apologize because like I noticed that you were ordering sensitive stomach food and like your cat must have a sensitive stomach. And he's like, I'm just like, I'm so sorry in the supply chain. And I was like, you know what? You've had a terrible day, yeah. haven't you? And he was like, and I ended up talking to Ryan from PetSmart for 15 minutes on the phone because oh. that's because it's like people and because you know what? His response to me. One, I'm sure he's a very nice person, but it led me to believe that he had been berated mm-hmm. nonstop probably for sure. days by different people who come in looking for things and they don't have it. And and it's – so here's my question. Has it always been this way or are extraneous factors making people more rude? Is it that we've been locked up so much and now that we feel a little freer and we're boosted and we want to go back to normal but we can't and so people are frustrated? Or you guys, is this like still just Trump? Did Trump awaken all of this? And are we ever is the is the bear ever? I'm not even going to call him a bear because I love bears. Is the monster <laughs> ever going to go away? Grace. Oh, I don't know if it's going to go away. I do know that it has gotten worse in the last few years for sure. Like unmis- unmistakably across the board, all ages, all generations. It's touching. It's touching. All. <laughs> what a beautiful it's story. <laughs> It's an it's a it's a it's it's an epic saga of increased rudeness. But you know, I don't know when it's going to go away. I don't know. I mean, we can only be in control of our own actions. And like I said, I'm even struggling with that. So I don't I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe we all need um, security pets. You know how like pets go around and like you can you can emotional support emotional like, support pets. That's yeah. exactly it. Or you could ha- have a legal pad to write out your. <laughs> questions and behaviors in advance, you know, so you don't have social anxiety in these interactions that throw you off. If we could just premeditate everything. (laughs) I think with every vaccine shot, you should also get a weighted blanket and it just is a thunder shirt for all of us. We need it. I feel like everyone in the world needs a thunder shirt right now just to Mm -hmm. hold us tight, calm us down. I also think it's, I think it's social media. I, th- I think it's like, I think it was yeah. all of it. It's like, you can just comment without having any repercussions. I'm thinking about that one story. I don't know if you all saw it, but John Mayer uh, had a story recently where like people were sending him messages to like kill himself. And he reached out to be like, hey, did you really think that I was like, why did you do that? And they were like, oh my God, I never thought you would read this. I I didn't think that they immediately were like, oh my God, I can't, that's right. You're a human on the other end of this. Like, I I think people forget because of internet and social media that like, we all have feelings and that we should all be nicer to each other. And also, like, sometimes it's like the most incendiary posts do the best. Yeah. I mean, the algorithm is actually built for, like, the I've heard. Hot takes. Yeah. Hot I've takes. Heard, I've heard comedians say that. It's like the, the, the yep. middle of the road take is not going to do as well or be as popular as the, like, the thing that elicits strong emotions, yeah. right? Whether that's yep. whether that's anger or joy, whatever it is, you know, or silliness. You do a lot of silly stuff, when, you know, Tien. Um, the high art on your, I, mean, I don't know. Oh, the silly stuff is not touching enough divisive issues. Uh, no, but silly. I mean, it's like, I'm saying silly in a good way. It's like, it's, it's gotta like you're, but I'm saying, I, but other people, it'll be like, I'm so mad about blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Like, you know, and so there's, 
that tends to do better. So we're also, I think, encouraged maybe by social media. You know, you know what I what I I agree with that completely, Kieran. And what I'll say is that I have noticed being on the reader end of those kinds of tweets and takes, I am less likely to like them and Me too. less likely same, to same. because I think it's a bit of a red flag. I don't know if that's somebody's true opinion or if it's as we're talking mm. about, possibly just somebody trying to get a rise mm-hmm. out of them. So we we out of people. So we kind of have a responsibility as consumers, not just creators, but as consumers in in this situation, to not give those writers, creators of, you know, that kind of hot take content, what they, what they want, what they're seeking. Um, Grace. Mm -hmm. And on that note, uh, our kicker to our conversation about rudeness is going to be, and I feel petty (laughs) when we're back. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Welcome back. So we just got out all of our rudeness, and now let's get petty, but first, some housekeeping. If you're looking for movies, television, and comic books to check out this holiday season, then listen to new episodes of X-Ray Vision with Jason Concepcion. This month, Jason will be discussing the new Marvel series, Hawkeye, recapping previous Spider-Man movies, and diving into the new film Spider-Man No Way Home. You can catch episodes of X-Ray Vision every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the house has been kept. And guys, I'm going to kick off the petties with one of my own. Um, as I look around, whether I'm shopping or watching holiday movies, I really hate the shade of green that people use sometimes. <laughs> I really need it not yeah. to be that like weird chartreuse green. I need Christmas to be evergreen. Just, mm-hmm. just evergreen. Mm-hmm. I don't need this like weird... It's it's like I want to call it Grinch green. It's like why? Like I was putting yeah. my parents were uh you know, now that I'm 46, I go home to help my parents decorate the tree and or 45, almost 46. And my mom hands me a box of ornaments. I was like I refuse to put these on the tree and she's like why? I'm like cuz they got the bad green on them. And so anyway, <laughs> this time of year and I see it everywhere this year and I just uh I hate the Grinch green. Just keep it evergreen, keep it Kelly green. Maybe grass green, but even that's a little too yellow for my taste. Um, what about hunter? Hunter green. Hunter's fine. Hunter's fine. Hunter's the fine. darker, the better, you know? A nice yeah, dark yeah, yeah. hunter bow. I don't know. That's fine. But that weird chartreuse shit, just take that, leave that at Easter or whatever fucking holiday that would be appropriate for. Okay? So that's my petty. Mm. Tien, <laughs> Tien, what are you feeling I, petty about? I don't need, is this a, uh, I've been watching a lot of Selling Sunset and- Woo! <laughs> Woo! Sure. Woo! Sure. I- Absolutely love it. Didn't understand it before. Started watching it this year. Blew through all the seasons. And I think the one thing that bothers me about them the most is when they do celebrate each other, they don't, they they keep being like, oh, like, for example, I think Mary might have 
gotten a house in escrow and they all go, oh my God, that's so awesome. I just need them to act a little more genuinely for the happy moments. It actually takes me completely out of the show. This is for the cast of Selling Sunset. If you're listening to Hysteria, I need you to just celebrate each other in a more genuine way. Like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Like fake it even just a little more because the lackluster acting for the excitement is ruining the experience for me. That's what I feel. No. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I too have been watching Selling Sunset and I could not agree more. Right. It is like it is like that is the hardest part of the acting yes, that they're is. doing is being supportive. <laughs> it's being supportive. It really dro- it like drops I, I, I get so distracted by it. Like Chriselle's kind of the worst about it when she's like, wait, that's so great. <laughs> Great. Question for you. I mean, one of the things that took me out of that show, sadly, because yes, I did watch some reality television, thank you so much, um, was, so she was like, I don't want to put my divorce on camera. Like, I want to be really private about it. And then like every moment of it is shot. Every moment of it, we are following her. (laughs) And I was like, just in a meta sense, she was like, oh, I just have to be private about this. And then there's like moments of her crying on camera, going back to be with her family, like all of the beats of the things. And I was like, this takes me out of it because it's like, if you're trying to be private about your divorce, how can you play out all of the beats of your divorce on what is clearly a three camera shoot? (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing, Chriselle? What are we doing? It's one or the other. It's like you're in or you're out. You're in or you're yes. out. It's like what I need to hear is like this is to take my mind off of this. Thank God I'm working. This is something to process it. That's the way you do that. You can't be like, I don't want to be on camera. Do I look pretty at this angle? <laughs> I will say the other thing that I really do love about that show is that when they comfort each other and they're far away and they have to like prance in their heels to give each other a hug, it's one of my favorite things. I love it. So much. <laughs> Goals. Goals. The most stressful part of that is that when they're walking up and down on like what appear to be lucite or glass stairs in these million dollar oh homes, I'm like, you're going to wipe out. Yes. Like, you're going to wipe out. I just, don't you just want to know if they have like a pair of Birkenstocks in the back seat that they. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're doing multiple takes of those walks too. Mm. So it's not Brutal. just once. It is, uh, it's not, it's not for me, though I do keep watching the show. I love it. Kieran. Those would be you- good outtakes. And, and, Tien, the next time I see you, we used to we used to have conversations when pre-pandemic before is in person. We would meet in the little courtyard and we would we would debrief. Yes. And the next time I see you in human person, which has been years, I will run towards you. Yes, please. Like that. I'll do that hug. I'll do that hug for you. That's a gift I can offer. Mm-hmm. Kieran, what do you feel petty about? Anything at all? You're like the least petty person I know. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You. I, so I feel much. I feel so seen. Wow. 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 Somebody <laughs> is really channeling some some selling sunset. I caught a little. I caught a little. Is it? I is caught it a my little hair? salt in that jam. <laughs> is I, it my hair? Okay. Is it the lack of lines on my head? What's giving you selling sunset right now? <laughs> I I love all I love all colors of Alyssa. They're all great Thank to me. You. There's, Thank there's you. No, Thank yes. you. Yes. There's no bad when it comes to an Alyssa. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, crotchless lingerie. Upsetting. <laughs> I mean, it's upsetting. <laughs> I, I I wasn't aware, like my friend was talking about lingerie and I was like, oh, lingerie, which is recently being explained to me as sexy pajamas. Lingerie, you know, sexy pajamas. She's like, oh, these aren't 
you you don't want to do any kind of sleeping in these. These are crotchless. And I was like, what? So now it's like, you know, because there's the strings and the the pulleys and the levers like on the underwear. But there's also just functionally, you know, your your butt crack is out and your whole bits and bobs in the front are out. And I'm like, come on, man. Why you got to wear stuff then? Why you got to wear anything? Why you got to wear anything? That's what are we? I'll tell you. What are we doing? I'll tell you what. What are we doing? I'll tell you what about these crotchless, crotchless uh, lingerie pieces too. Is that they're not cheap. They don't reflect the lack of material that you're putting <laughs> on your body. They really should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the price point, Grace, of this crotchless lingerie? I don't lingerie? know. I, I haven't looked into them myself. I really have not because I also agree. Like, just go, fucking go yeah. naked. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's but more I comfortable. Think that they are. It's way more comfortable, but I want to figure that they're in the fifty dollars range. It's just, it's know. so the real estate. It's so little, and then it was like, and then yeah. my friend who was talking about it, she goes, "Well, what can you say? Men like boobs, men like butts, men like sex." And I was like, "And they like, and they're visual creatures." And I was like, "I mean, all of that sounds fine, but like, I just like crotchless underwear. It's like, it's it, it's just the, it's you know." It's like it's like pantsless pants. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> Cross what are we doing? It's like also like I've never gotten hot for like a covered hip. Like it's not like the the, the other parts. Of, like no. I'm like, well, what is happening? And why? It does seem like it would be awesome to pee in them, though. That seems kind of cool, you know. To pee in? Oh, that you wouldn't have to. But you don't have to do anything. Thing. No, you but here's the-, the thing, Karen. Do you really think it works like that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this frame's I mean, going to go all over the other little bits and bobs. Come on. Exactly. It's going to be have a to mess. hand wash that shit no matter oh, what. Oh, man. I don't all like right. But I think we all co-sign your crotchless mm-hmm, underwear. It's mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. stupid. 100%. Okay. okay thank Grace. You. Grace. Okay. My, my petty is about uh, bits and bobs as well, actually. Oh. Now, now as you, as you guys know, I am a big fan of earrings, okay? I love a hoop. I feel like it defines me. I feel like if there was a, a drawing of Grace Parajani, would it have to include hoops? My problem is that earrings these days are too damn heavy. Uh, they're too heavy. Mm. And they're making my lobes long. And I don't oh. like that. I don't like that because I feel like one day the lobes are going to rip. And so I've tried to prevent this by getting some of those little sticky guys, like they're called ear support. Oh, I yeah. Think, I know what you're talking about. you stick. I, I got to wear them every day now. I Wait, I don't know what that is. Every time. What is, what is this? Okay, so it's a little sticker that you put behind your ear so that it takes off some of the weight from the lobe itself, wow. from the hole itself. And so, yeah, so it actually, it, it helps alleviate some of the weight so that the hole in the lobe isn't sagging. It's kind of a reinforcement. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. It's kind of a reinforcement, okay. exactly. So that's genius, but I don't want to have to wear little stickers on the back of my ear every time mm-hmm. I want to put on hoops. Also, I just don't believe that earrings need to be heavy. There are ways to make earrings that are very, very adorable and sexy and fun. And, you know, fun, fun, flirty, fabulous that don't have to be heavy. So what are we doing? I'm not wearing, I'm not talking about earrings that have big old gems on them. You know, I'm not a gem earring gal. I'm a hoop gal. Why do hoops have to be so heavy? The surface area, it's basically the crotchless panty of your ears. Yes. It's like there's. Exactly. Yes. Yes. There's not a lot of material. So what are we doing? Yes. You know, what are we doing? Uh, You guys. We really fucking brought the petty this week. 
from top to bottom. I know everyone was not feeling super strongly about their petties, but I feel like we we got some good ones. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, you guys know this morning I texted you all and told you that I was very Mm -hmm. down in the dumps and very sad. And you all fucking rallied for me. I love you. So let me say thank you. We love you. We love you, Alyssa. Thank you, Tien. Thank you, Kieran. And Grace, who's going to be with me for the rest of the month. We will be back with more hysteria next week. I am from an planet. This nation feels like Janet. But these girls can fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no for an Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonico is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroot. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. 